Welcome to Practice Purchase Season 5, Episode 4, rolling right along with demographics. I have in this episode Scott McDonald, the CEO of Dr. Demographics. Dr. Demographics is uh, the other main service that my clients tend to use uh, as they're working through the practice purchase process, trying to decide where in the country they're going to live, You know, what street corner do they want to be on. Does this detailed matter? Does that detail matter? Scott is um, a professor at uh, a business school, actually here in Utah. He and I are sort of neighbors, and um, but he's been doing demographics research and help with dentists for, oh man, so many years. He is a very entertaining guy, uh, just a real quality person. Um, you spend any time with him, uh, you'll know that he cares about you. He has uh, stories he's, and, and value he's willing to share free of charge. Uh, which is what he did in this episode. Uh, he joined us uh, just out of the goodness of his, of his heart. And a lot of folks that I have worked with have used Dr. Demographics, uh, their resources, been very happy. And uh, in this episode, we're going to start national. We're going to talk through trends that Scott's seeing nationally. What do buyers need to know? Are there rules of thumb for certain states that hold true? Did Scott get, share some funny thoughts on a few specific cities that are hilarious? And, um, you know, what are the tools that you as buyers can be using either with Dr. Demographics or anybody else to know, um, you know, where is the best place for them going to be to purchase their practice? Uh, so with that, let's listen through season uh, season five, episode four. And um, uh, this is Scott McDonald. All right. Well, welcome, Scott McDonald, uh, principal and uh, owner of Dr. Demographics. We are thrilled to have you on the Practice Purchase Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm thrilled to be here, too. Well, <laughs> I mean, really, no kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You're a great man. Well, thank you. And I have so many clients. I've helped hundreds of buyers throughout the last, gosh, almost decade now of doing this. Many, many, many of whom have used you and your services. And so I know that um, what you do is a value to the folks that are listening to the show. So I'm excited to have you here. And I've got a whole list of questions. I can't wait for you to share some of your wisdom. Sounds good. Well, let's start right off. Perfect, Scott. We're going to start broad and then we're going to narrow things down. We're going to uh, split this into three parts. Part one of our discussion is going to be national trends, you know, talking about, um, things like prices and states and things. Then we'll zoom into a specific city. You know, I think I found a region or an area or a city that I'm interested in. And then we'll, we'll go through an exercise of um, let's, you know, let's put ourselves in the shoes of a buyer who has found a specific practice. So that's where we're headed. Okay. Okay. All right. So Scott, you uh, see and do demographics analysis all over the country. Um, let's start by talking about um, rules of thumb that you hear a lot, uh, what rules of thumb do you hear and which ones are useful and which ones are total crap? Okay. Uh, and probably the most obvious in my mind is competition ratio mm. because people will say, look, I, I want to go someplace where there is no competition. No one has ever thought about going there. I want to be there. And as we kind of examine the issue and look at the research, we have to say, you're out of your mind, buddy. Do not ever go to a location that no one else wants to practice in. The The best sign that you're going to fail is that nobody else wants to take the risk of going to that location. I learned this the hard way when I first started my career back in the 1980s. I know, I know you're thinking, man, Scott's really old. But like, one of the first practices I looked at was in Beverly Hills. 
And and you probably know that there's a lot of competition in Beverly Hills. So you'd naturally think, no way you can't make a living in Beverly Hills. Yeah, you can't do it. Well, that's not entirely true. And the reason for that is the people who are living and working in Beverly Hills want to be there. They don't want to go outside of Beverly Hills. So they're going to look for a practice that's, first of all, close by. And where they're looking at people who have got a proven reputation. They don't want to risk their money and their health uh, any more than you do. And so for that reason, I began to kind of examine what are the facts about a location that really makes it unviable? There are who are willing to go to a dentist or to a physician or anything else, the better it is for the provider. And that's frankly a foundational thing I I kind of like to hang my hat on. And by the way, it's been proven true time and time again. Interesting. Interesting. So, because I, I hear something similar, the way it's phrased to me may be subtly different and it may change your answer. I hear, well, Brian, I want to make a lot of money. Therefore, I think I need to go rural. You've taken that a step further with that last answer. You're saying if, if the person says, I want to go where no one else is. What you're saying is that means no one goes to the dentist there. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. right. Okay. It's like wetting your pants while you're wearing a dark suit. <laughs> it gives you a nice warm feeling, but nobody really notices, right? <laughs> you, you got you see what I did there? Because that's very funny, really. I should copyright <laughs> that joke. But anyway, the, the, the point is you need people. Dentistry is a people business. You You've got to have people. Now, are those people inclined to go to the dentist? Well, that's set up various other factors that you need to take into account. Some of them are demographic and some are psychographic. And, and so you, you know the difference between demographics and psychographics, I'm sure. Uh, a demographic, well, I, I imagine. What, yep, keep going. Well, demographics are what people are, how old they are. Uh, what gender they are, by the way, and even though that's a very politically incorrect topic, it's still true because men and women do not act in the same way. But when you talk about what people, uh, how they live, what their lifestyle is, their choices and values, that's psychographics. So what you want to know is what do these people value? And so for that reason, you don't just look for a place where there are no competitors and you don't necessarily go where there are people make a huge amount of money. You want to go to a place where people are concerned about taking care of their health. And that's not necessarily, you know, the moneyed population. There are some people who are willing to do it and some people who will not. Got it. So are there trends that you can safely hang your hat on and say, this area of the country is better to go buy a practice in? Or in this area of the country is, you know, on average worse? Are you seeing kind of regions or states that tend to be better or worse than others? Oh, absolutely. And on my own little uh, podcast thing, we talk about Mm -hmm. this week, where should you be looking or what's going on as far as the trends are concerned? And by the way, that's a moving target. It's not a thing you simply say, oh, it's good now and it'll be good forever because it isn't. Uh, you, You try to follow what is going to happen before everybody else knows about it. And so that, therefore, you're leading the trend. So you ask the question, where are locations that are showing potential? Well, there's a thing we call the empty quarter. Yeah, I don't know if you have ever heard that be, 
I have not heard this, no. And I listened to your show, so I'm embarrassed. Keep going. Well, you ought to be, but that's okay. Don't let me get going. Now, if you look at the Appalachians and go over to the Sierras, Mm -hmm. the the Rocky Mountains, as well, there's a big empty valley that's there. It has a low population density, but it is growing like crazy. Hmm. Now, there are, are reasons why it's growing. For one thing, it's got affordable housing, which right now, in a post-pandemic world, is one of the most important factors. How expensive is housing relative to how much people are earning? It's not just where's cheap housing or where are great homes. It's got to be those things taken into account. Now, most of the United States looks at this area, and they call it flyover country. You've heard that before, I'm sure. Well, we happen to live in Utah, don't we? And Utah is one of those places that's flyover country. There is nothing luxurious in Utah. All right. There there may be fry sauce, which if you're not from Utah, you're going, what the heck is fry sauce? I'm sure that Brian will be able to explain it to you in a future episode. But the point is, there are certain characteristics and tastes of the people that say, this is a place that's going. Now, that affordable housing thing is a very big deal. But if you live in middle America, everybody's going to look at you and go, oh, Kansas, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's not Denver. Oh, I'm sure Colorado is not in play. Or they'll look at any factor they consider to be not cool. Yep. Now, that cool factor makes a big difference as to what it's a counterintuitive measurement to say where you ought to consider going. Hmm. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean rural because rural means low population numbers. You know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to go where there's nobody. But what you want to do is find out what the trends are. Now, one of the best things about uh, th- this empty quarter is that it's one of the places that big businesses want to set up. Yeah, that's where Amazon is setting up so many of its of its places and Apple and all those others, because they can't afford to go to those locations that are already overly priced or too expensive to develop a business. And the people who work there, they don't want to work for you Mm -hmm. so because you can't afford it. And, And look, Brian, you probably already know staff right now is not cheap. Right. And it's getting worse. And sometimes not even good staff is demanding higher salaries. But you have to take that into account in your calculable place that I can make a lot of money, like you were saying. Yep. Or is this a kind of place that, eh, I don't know, is not so good? So let me repeat back what I think I hear you saying. You tell me if I've got this right. When I think of a metal, mental map of the U.S., when you talk about this empty quarter, I hear Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, kind of that middle-ish, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah. Okay. Um, And and so I hear you say, hey, that might be an area, all things being equal. um, If your wife doesn't care where you live, your husband doesn't care where he lives, um, you know, you could live anywhere in in the country, all things being equal, this would be a good area to target. And I hear you saying one more thing. I hear you saying, you might not want to move to the farm town with 300 people. Uh, if you're in looking at Arkansas, you might consider Bentonville. If you're looking at Kentucky, you might consider Lexington. If you're looking at uh, Missouri, you might consider somewhere out in St. Louis or somewhere in between, you know, Kansas City and St. Louis. Sure. What, what I hear you saying is um, 
pick somewhere where people are living and moving to that doesn't necessarily have a negative growth rate and in those in that kind of empty quarter and that might serve you well yeah uh, yeah generally speaking you're correct now okay. there's you, you kind of brought this up just now because you're very smart and that has <laughs> to do with the nature of growth now a lot of people assume that's the number of noses that are moving into a location and that's one mm-hmm. measure of growth population mm-hmm. but that isn't necessarily the most important it's economic growth or development. Is this a place where people are increasing their median household income? Is the labor participation rate improving or not? Mm -hmm. So in that way, growth isn't just a statistic of of bodies, it's a statistic of lifestyle. So you're saying there are more people who are going to fit that lifestyle that I like. And in that way, someone can say, I want to find the perfect place to practice I'd say, okay, well, we have to do a little research on you. I mean, what do you want? Uh, Do you have kids who are in college or want to go to college? Are you thinking about getting a large home or maybe even buy a couple of investment properties? Those are going to be very different locations to go to. Mm -hmm. But they each show a kind of growth and development that you want to take into account. Now, are the number of noses important? Absolutely. Or we can say belly buttons. That, that, that counts too. <laughs> the number of new belly buttons exist in an area? Sure. But everyone only gets one. Okay. When you, when you talk about other kinds of development, so the economic growth, uh, income growth, and population growth all count. But if you are looking for a particular kind of practice, you've got to realize some kinds of growth aren't going to be as important as others. So to give you an example, orthodontists and oral surgeons are not looking for the same thing. Okay. They both want to have more people and they both want to have more money, but they're looking for a subset of the population that will matter most of them. Now, for orthodontists, 10 to 14-year-olds, I, I know, I know, that's not where most of the orthodontic starts happen. Right. But nevertheless, you're trying to predict the future trend, not the past trend. So you look to 10 to 14-year-olds. You also are looking for single-family dwellings because you know that an orthodontic practice that has lots of houses mm-hmm. is going to be more profitable in the long run than one that is just apartments where people are renting. Mm-hmm. And so it's the nature of that population and their growth that will matter most to what they want. So um, it, it, Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Now, now, I'm a D3. Okay, now I'm a D3. I'm listening to you. I've got two years before I'm real, yeah, maybe even three, four years, because Brian told me I need to be out of school and out of finished with education for at least a year before I go by. Right. But I, let's say I'm a, I'm a D3. I've got no cash, but I like what you're saying. What metrics do I go look for and how do I go look for them? Knowing by the way, that right before I'm really going to buy, I hop on your website and I actually purchase this, but give me the, what's the free version and, and where do I go search for these numbers? Everybody wants it free, Brian. Yeah. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Cheap sons. Of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're in Utah. Now, so I'm, I'm sorry. Are, are, what are you saying exactly? How do you make the decision if you what, don't have any money to throw at the problem? You, you, yeah, no, you're, you said go look for number of belly buttons and propensity to pay and some of the economic. I'm, I'm asking for the, what are those metrics? And, and how do I find them? Now, the, the variables are going to be different for each person because okay. each location is going to have a different metric, so to speak. If you're looking for senior citizens, you're an endodontist or a prosthodontist or something, 
really looking at a different population than an orthodontist or pedo. It doesn't mean that you can't find them, but the metrics for each of those is going to be somewhat different. Mm -hmm. Every dental specialty and even every kind of general dentist Mm -hmm. is going to have different metrics or factors that they're looking into. So I can't just say, oh, you can find them here, when in fact you should be looking over. You you need to start considering what the major metrics are. And I mentioned one of those that's an easy one, and that's population growth. Population growth is influenced right now in a post-pandemic world by the cost of living. Mm -hmm. If the cost of living is reasonable, not super low, but reasonable, if the educational attainment of parents or adults over 25 is favorable, right now that is a that's a thing you really have to know. Yep. How do you find that data? Well, it, I, everybody says, well, I can just get that off the internet. Well, <laughs> I wish it were so yeah. simple, you know, because I can retire to Miami and sell the business to somebody else. Now, no, what I what I the variables, how they're taken together, what you have to, to know. So doctor, if you know what kind of treatments you want to do, if you know what kind of population you want to serve. Now, data is usually purchased. I mean, I don't know everything. I'm Brian, I am so smart. Well, you know that. <laughs> but And modest. It's probably my third best quality. But I recognize the fact that I don't know everything. So I have to purchase the data from data vendors. Uh, there, there are a few shortcuts if you go online and say on a Google search, tell me the places that are growing fastest. Mm-hmm. The only problem that doctors have when they do a thing like that, they're getting free data, is most of the time it's about 10 years old. That's one thing. And second of all, it's very easy to misinterpret. So if you say, yes, this area is growing incredibly fast, great. But what kind of growth is it? Oh, yes, this is where all the rich senior citizens are going. All right, well, that's good. But how many people are serving that population right now in that location? So you start off with a basic premise of knowing what kinds of procedures you want to do. Then you have to find the population who will want it. That's how it, uh, what they mean by low-hanging fruit. If it's low-hanging fruit, it means it's going to be easier for you to have success and to have a profitable practice if you can match up what those people want and need. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Let me ask you one more question on kind of a national level, and then let's zoom in a sure. little. Last question I have is, is there anywhere in the country when you hear of a dentist thinking to buy in that specific city or state? that you just cringe? Is there one or two areas that you say, oh my gosh, no one should ever purchase there? You're going to get me in such huge trouble because you know that I've got clients in every neighborhood in America and you just told me to say, hey, screw you. No, no, it's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm just going to say there are places that are going to be more prone to success Fair enough. than not. Now look, right now, urban areas, particularly those that are densely populated, large what, what, you know, some people call them blue cities mm-hmm. That's because their mayors tend to be Democrats and they're beholden to unions and to a structure of, of businesses. Those are the ones right now that I'm saying, guys, you, you, you can't do that. Hmm. It's just not a good place to go. Yeah. So 
Seattle, LA, Chicago, Miami, New York, just kind of bigger Houston. Okay. Top 10 Metro area. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if I were in Chicago, I would probably kill myself. No, no, no. I wouldn't kill myself. I, no, I, I lived in Chicago. It's a great place. And I lived in Seattle. I grew up in Seattle and I, it, but I hear what you're saying. Okay. Thank you.